Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. Uh, we have a, a pretty decent amount to dive into today. Uh, Pacers just cleaned up at home against the Atlanta Hawks uh, in a pretty surprising victory. Uh, really good games from Karis LeVert, Domas. Uh, Aaron Holiday had maybe his best game of the season, or at least most complete game or most uh, just a very good game all around. We'll, we'll dive into it. But uh, I, I'm joined today, of course, by Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Never know I guess I shouldn't say today. Break. It's 1040, 10, almost 1045. Yeah, uh, but you know what? <laughs> hey, whatever. I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, also joined by Caitlin Cooper. Caitlin, how are you doing? I don't even know how I'm doing after the <laughs> yeah, events of the yeah. last 24 hours. Yeah, I am tired. Um, that's how I feel. I'm not even the one breaking news or doing anything special. I just uh, am yeah. witnessing the news and it's enough to uh, to make me feel like uh exhausted um well i gotta be honest i stayed up a little bit extra last night to see if if any news was going to be breaking so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i stayed up till about one yesterday uh, expecting more to happen because i wasn't sure um sounds like i stayed up as late as the team did trying to figure out what the hell happened against the kings um do i mean do we want to start off talking about the game or do we just like do, do we want to just dive into it because um as as much as this was a, a nice win and it was cool to see some really good games. Uh, I mean, this this doesn't really change anything in the grand scheme of things, in my opinion. Not to be pessimistic, but that's just kind of reality of where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, you know, it almost the team played like I thought they were going to play last night, honestly, yeah. tonight. Um, you know, after an embarrassing performance in Washington, you think they would circle the wagons and come out and play better against Sacramento. They didn't. Tonight was almost like I was thinking, you know, maybe there's a relief. They all realize, okay, everybody knows what's up with Bjork. <laughs> Let's just go out and play now. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, also on the other end, they are pros. Um, they don't want to play bad. You know, they don't want to lose. And, and um, you see this across the NBA all the time. You know, um, you have those nights where everything is clicking. And, and tonight it was, I mean, but, but, at least three significant runs the Hawks put on where it seemed like, yeah, they're just going to boat race past the Pacers right now, um, including in, in classic fourth-quarter fashion. And, and it just didn't happen. They kept pushing back. DJ McConnell with a few steals here and there. And then, you know, Karis LeBert down the stretch was was money, and, and they put him away. So they they have it in there somewhere. They have it in there somewhere, and, and they showed it tonight. But yeah, you know, overall, I mean, it's uh, disaster city for the rest of the season. So, but that's true. I love how we get the entire three-minute monologue from Tom, and then the ending is, yeah, but it's disaster city. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's indicative, <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just where we're at. It was a well, JWB night, but yeah, we're, we're past that point. 
I will say just to be on the positive side, because I always end up on these podcasts when the whole world is crashing <laughs> down that um, I did appreciate two things that they get to the fourth quarter and I, I admit I was fully bracing for them to run out of gas. And yeah, obviously they didn't score as many points. I think they scored like 23 in that quarter, but Karras and Sabonis both played over 40 minutes again, which I understand, you know, you, you have a lot of people injured right now. You clearly wanted to come out and get a win today. So um, you're playing them big minutes, but I fully expected that the typical fashion of them, like just coming and crumbling to pieces in the fourth quarter was about ready to happen. And Harris, all the shots that he missed against the Kings, he made. And that was kind of an underrated aspect of why their offense was somewhat the way that it was, not the main reason, but he was just missing a lot of those shots when he gets into the lane that he was, as you say, was money on tonight. Then number two, I just checked because by my eye test, I thought I didn't see any. Synergy, zero possessions of zone in that game. <laughs> all man to man. All man to man. So while I will say the defense clearly wasn't perfect, um, they had a lot of lapses sometimes on cuts and other things. I appreciated the product more. I mean, there was definitely effort coming right out of the gates with guys getting some early deflections, and uh, they were all playing the same type of defense at the same time. So those were two takeaways that I have. Yeah, that part was definitely promising. Uh, the zone uh, the zone against the Kings was uh... – a. It was. Um, yeah, I I do want to hit it on again just because I thought uh, Aaron Holiday played like the most – easily the most complete game that he's played this season, I thought. Um, he played fantastic defense on Trey Young. Um, caused him to – I mean, just was, was doing a good job denying him, forcing him to pass the ball out a lot. Um, I, of course, you're going to get baked a few times playing against one of the best ball handlers in the NBA, but I just thought he played really well on him. Uh, and just was controlled and within himself and played within the offense and did point guard things, uh, which, you know, that that hasn't been the case a lot this year. It's been a lot of Aaron uh, either forcing it or, or just not being confident in himself. It's just kind of either or. And it's it was really nice to see that balance with him tonight, especially because, uh, you know, he, he really needs to find some kind of balance because that's just been missing for him all year. Uh, also, too, I, would, I mean, how did you guys think about o O'Shea Brissett tonight? I thought this was one of his – not to like hone in on him, but it felt like one of his worst games uh, recently. Uh, he had a lot of off ball lapses, um, but still like it, it was, I mean, it, it led to a lot of the Goga Sabonis minutes, which were, uh, I don't have like the numbers in front of me, but they felt they, I was gritting my teeth the entire time that they were both out there just cause it was, uh, it was, it felt like it was, it was ripe for, for the picking a little bit on defense, but. Yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, um, um, O'Shea, was, I, I felt like this was like a, a, kind of a true matchup with uh, with Collins from Atlanta, you know, as a, as a true kind of power forward uh, test. And, um, yeah, at, at, at times I thought he was holding his own, and, and then, yeah, other times it was it was a struggle. So, um, but it, it was <laughs> with Goga and, and Domas again. Uh, getting those getting those double big minutes. Maybe that was an homage to, to Nate uh, McMillan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you look at the game against the Kings, he was predominantly the one early on in that game getting abused by Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I mean that they needed to be doubling that, and they weren't. 
and once again went to like a lot of other options that like why not go with the easiest one first but I mean, I, I think it's asking a lot of him to be an NBA starting power forward. There's lots that yeah. I like. I think he shuffles his feet really well. He cuts, he cuts off driving angles pretty decently. But, yeah, he had some off-ball lapses. I think he's had some defensive lapses in probably each of the last three or four games. More notably, when, you know, he's coming off a fresh contract and, and maybe would be a little bit more motivated to fight more than we've seen some of the other effort when guys are trying to prove themselves, but, and I'm not saying he wasn't giving effort necessarily, but just from where he was like two weeks ago, I think that he's had some more sour defensive moments than what we had seen when he initially came into the lineup when he was playing big minutes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, unless you guys have anything else to add on the game, uh, I think we can just dive into everything else because uh yay <laughs> yeah i know right that's that's how i feel too caitlin like i know it's uh i, I think some people really enjoy like the quote-unquote drama part of uh i of, hate it of sports I, yeah I, I agree i hate it <laughs> i i enjoy like team building and stuff like that is fun I, I i like watching basketball and talking about the good stuff going on on court um and trying to analyze it and understand it and, and make it easier for other people to understand and or, or just present it to people in a new way um, this is not the kind of thing I like doing, but there's just too much to, to not do it. So, uh, uh, Tom and I hit on quite a bit of it last night, but, uh, even more came out today with, uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Reports article. Um, that was a lot. Um, Tom, where, 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 where do you want to start with this one? Because I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it yet today. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, we were mentioning earlier before the pod, but you know, there, there was, um, a lot, like you said, in that in that report, um, and they were they were you know the Pacers were refuting um, stuff, especially some of the T.J. Warren stuff, um, and so you know once there's some one one factor or some parts of it that are refuted, then you know you got to question everything. But there were definitely some sources, and you know definitely someone in Phoenix or who used to be in Phoenix, at least, um, who kind of had an action grind uh, with Bjorkra, and that's for sure. Um, so um, it, it seems, though, that, you know, there, there was enough in there to, um, you know, add to the, the issues that Bjorkra's had and, and the fact that, um, you know, he, he kind of gives this one face, um which is, you know, kind of obvious in his, in his media appearances where it yeah. just can't possibly be genuine. <laughs> um, and then is uh, different um, with the way he's managing things behind the scenes or, or you know, um, in private. And uh, it seems like that is, you know, I, that's the crux of the issue with, um, you know, is he going to be able to lead? How is he going to lead? Um, and, and, the, and the fact that you know, the Billy Bano stuff, that's the most reasonable explanation you could have for him leaving is that he's like fed up with it. Um, and then, you know, when he leaves, he, you know, he's a Sabonis guy, so you can see how Sabonis could turn sour. And, you know, I mean, all, all these things kind of, you know, a lot of it adds up and um, none of it's positive. Uh, that's for sure. And I, I just don't see how, um, short of you know some sudden health and um you know just 
piling up games like they played tonight into the playoffs um, that they can't just start over and go in another direction. Um, it's not like, you know, this is some situation with Bjork where, you know, you got to make it work. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, he's just got what one year left on his contract that they'd have to pay. So doing this year anyway, um, that's kind of normal NBA business. Um, and, you know, cutting the losses and moving on is going to have to be the way to go here. And, you know, also there's going to be uh, player movement and, and all that as well. There's, there's, there's a lot to, to go through here, but um, uh, it, it, it's a mess right, right now. And, and there's just no way. No other way to look at it. I don't know. I mean, it's not a comfortable thing to be. I don't like calling out any reporters and questioning what they're reporting, whether it's Mm -hmm. here locally or, or Jake Fisher. I mean, obviously he's done a lot of good work and his time at Bleacher Report and at other outlets. And, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had some quotes not named Pacer staffers, but they were quotes from Pacer staffers in that article. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I mean, we can't just throw out the entire thing. If they have people from inside that building willing to at least go on background and say that, that's disturbing. I mean, even if we want to say, oh, well, TJ Warren didn't actually ask for a trade request, which I know that he came out on Twitter and had remarks. But, I mean, the one thing I will say about that is, Malcolm Brogdon also, after Nate McMillan got the extension, said, you know, tweeted, you know, good, we need another year with coach. And Victor Oladipo also said, well, you know, flatly denied all the reporting that there was out there about him. So I don't know what the reality of any of that is. I'm not a reporter. I'm not trying to be a reporter. But the fact that there was Pacer staffers in that article, I think, means you can't be dismissive of all of it. And treating people in that fashion is disturbing regardless. Like, even if they strung together a lot of extra wins, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That would make me uncomfortable to continue on with that relationship if I were the Pacers. Yeah. And I think that's where where I was at yesterday. I got a little, I, believe it or not, Tom, Tom knows this. I get frustrated really quickly when, when people say stupid things um, and, or not even stupid. I just more that, that sounds asinine, but just more if things that are just blatantly wrong, like, um, I mean, a lot of people were going at Goga, and I don't think Goga should not have said what he did. Um, I, I'll stand by that. Like, I just, you know, that's it's not a good thing. But I, there were a lot of people saying that, you know, just going way overboard on that. And I was like, you know, if that stuff is happening in game to that extent, like it's one thing. Like I know I've, I mean, I was kind of a hothead in sports. I got thrown out of multiple games. Um, that stuff happens, but not to that extent in a game. Like. When when Nate Bjorkren said after game yesterday that it was just a uh, heat of the moment thing, like in competition, no, like yeah, I'm competitive sorry. juices. That's First of not, all, where no. were the competitive juices in that game? That was competitive <laughs> yeah. sludge. That was competitive <laughs> sludge. So no. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was nothing about that that was normal. Um, in in my opinion, it's just it. Well, it may- uh, sorry, but in no, the reactions I'm- of everybody around it, like if. If you're Goga, and I will say that, like, if you watch Goga's games in the EuroLeague, he's a fiery personality. Yes. Yeah. I had, <laughs> actually, I had a couple of people reach out to me about that today. That's part of who he is. So uh, I don't want to read totally too much into it, but if you're willing to look over the bench and tell a coach to sit the F down and the coach is going that hard at you, I don't know. That, that just leads me to believe that there's – 
and just the idea that you're playing absolutely zero defense. I mean, there was moments of that game that just from an outsider's perspective looked like a protest. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what it read as. And then to see the the team's reactions afterward, like, did the players really look like they were rallying around Foster and Bjork? I thought Jeremy moments? Lamb was going to throw hands at, at Greg Foster. Well, and then when they come out on the court, Sabonis has his arm around Goga. TJ McConnell's going up to Goga. Um, I'm not going to say who or what, but if you go back and watch those few minutes, there's some choice words uttered about what some of those players thought of that response. Like you can go back and look at it. I, I don't know. I mean, I reading body language is a tough thing, but it wasn't good. I mean, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess, you know, what I've kind of been toying with today and even just thinking tonight, because I was, uh, you know, I was, prepping like getting ready for the game tonight and just thinking about it and uh i i mean i just tweeted i was like i have no idea what to even look for tonight like even if they do come out and play well i mean it, it doesn't <laughs> I, I don't i can't I, I don't know what to take from this like it, it almost makes me question like is it better to just um to end things now uh, i i don't i mean i guess that's it brings into question like okay then who's coaching to end the year and all that like um but at the same time, I just don't see how it is good to continue with this moving forward. And I'm sure people will point out, well, hey, they won tonight. And I, I just with everything that has come out and, and how yesterday went, I just don't see how this relationship can continue for two more weeks. Uh, I mean, it's going to be three because they're going to have I mean, basically Toronto lost tonight. So unless the Pacers lose like every game from here on out and Toronto wins all of theirs, they're guaranteed just about to make the play-in. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just – it's not a healthy thing to keep going for, for almost another month. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I, I mentioned that to you today. I, I didn't think about it last night, but among the problems with Bjork and, and his staff is, like, you know, the, the lack of experience. And it's like they don't even have an interim coach possibility on my bench um which which tells you something and, and i was like I, I think pritchard would have the most coaching experience and have to be the guy that would take over if, if they did do that um which is which is nuts um so i yeah i mean they're, they're kind of stuck right now just trying to limp home here um but uh again yeah, you know that, that's why i kind of felt like they might these guys play a so loose like you know the end is here they see the light at the end of the tunnel i don't know but compared to how it was last night um you know i i can't you can't say everybody's on the same page on that um in that team uh going forward i don't care what anybody comes out and says tonight well and one thing that's interesting is i know that i believe it was the indianapolis star a month or so ago when some of this first started leaking out was that the idea was that they could change some of the assistant staff. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. after that report comes out today, I mean, I'll ask you guys, how many assistants do you think are going to want to work for him? Oh, none. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, uh, Jay Michael, I, I heard him this afternoon talking on the radio and he, he mentioned, you know, how, you know, Hey, I've been reporting about <laughs> issues underneath um, here for, for a month or so. Um, and you know, that was one thing kind of raised about, um, uh, you know, about how Foster, like, you know, 
I'm getting treated like crap here. And then now the players are treating me like crap. I, and I'm getting no support from my coach. And he, you know, he's lost. And, you know, you're right. I mean, I don't see, I don't see how they would want to hang around and, and go through this again at all. Um, and that's, uh, you know, just it's a bad environment to try and build something. And it's just, it, it's amazing how different it is when you start hearing the stories compared to, um, you know, the, the face that, that is put forth um, publicly, um, but it's just not happening behind the scenes. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, even beyond that, I mean, I think there has to be some questions about the Encore product. And I mean, when when there's chemistry issues, if they're, you know, I don't know what's going on between players either, but that type of stuff shows up on the court because your product isn't as good. And, and mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody can say that Nate Bjorkern has coached this team completely to this team's strengths, particularly on the defensive end. Like I, I admit, I did. No, I had no interest in writing about this defense ever again. I was fully in mode. I just want to write about fun, cool things that some of the individual Pacers are doing until this season is over. But man, that triangle and two in the box and one in the zone looks for a long time, but particularly against Washington, what is going on there? Like trapping the wing in the two three trapping in the corners out of the box in one, like that's just putting you in a perilous position and that's super aggressive, but then they're not denying the closest pass and doing other things to actually force the turnovers. Like schematically, that's just highly questionable. Like, I mean, Mark and I have talked about this many times, but the interpersonal stuff is disturbing. And obviously we're not, at least the stuff that's being reported is disturbing and we're not there to know exactly how all of that's going down, but we can see what's going on on the court. And, a lot of it looks like he's trying to coach the team that he wants rather than the team that he has, which is surprising from what I saw of what he was coaching in the G league. But that's the reality of where we are with seven games left, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, like against Washington, uh, I spent, I mean, I, I looked at a couple of possessions and I just kept looking at them over and over again. I'm like, what are they even trying to run here? Um, like it, it just, it was, it was vexing. Um, I had, I had no real uh, good takeaways from that game. Um, I'm, I'm sure you didn't either. Um, I, I guess, I, I mean, we, we can get into this too. I, I, Cause it got hit on in the article a little bit and talking about how uh, supposedly, you know, this I, 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 I want to be careful in how I frame it. Cause like you mentioned, I mean, I don't, I don't know, Jake, I don't, I don't know the front office. It's, it's just what, what, what's come out and it's, clearly under dispute, but uh, that, that TJ Warren wasn't consulted at all about the move for Nate York. And it makes it sound like uh, based on reporting that um, the move was just kind of uh, hasty is maybe the wrong way to put it, but um, I don't know. It brings in serious questions about, about the front office in some regards as well uh, and how everything has been handled. And I, I don't, I don't know if I want to say that it puts Kevin Pritchard on the hot seat because he's been, I mean, he's done a lot of really good things uh, as a GM, and that's not me trying to kiss ass or anything. I just think that's that's true. You can bring up the draft record and all that, but in terms of what he's done to assemble capable rosters, I think that that he's definitely got equity there, and he's been around for a decent amount of time. Um, but I, I don't know. I certainly have questions uh, headed into this offseason about the front office, um, and I, I mean, I, I think mean- that's fair. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I have no problem saying he'd be on the hot seat. And I think this article is probably more damning for, for them, you know, like fighting the TJ Warren or even anybody in Phoenix, apparently, reportedly, I guess I should say, um, about his time there. Um, and also making it, you know, sound like, well, he and Chad Buchanan were, were, Either, you know, I, I don't know how friendly they were before, but they had such uh, similar contacts um, and all that, that, you know, it was uh, it made them more comfortable making that hire for some, you know, uh, because of the Iowa connections and, and all that. And that, you know, it, as, as much, you know, I, I'd say, you know, Pritchard has been, up and down with, with a lot of the things that have gone. Yeah, he, I mean, obviously he's managed some turbulent um, uh, situations, obviously. Um, yeah, with Paul George and with Victor, obviously. Um, but there's, Well, not to know, cut you off, but I do have to bring up, too, like, that makes me question, the like, this has happened three times now. Like, this is going to be the third time that something turbulent has happened. Um, and I'm not right. trying to put everything onto him, but, like, at some point we do have to say it's it's not just – like, I mean, I'm sure there's an element where, you know, there, stuff happens with the players that is not under, you know, that, that I don't want to say control by the front office. That just sounds wrong. But like, it's not just on the players. Like at some point, what is what is going on with the organization that makes this a, a semi-regular thing? Because this is, this. I mean, this, this we're just not used to seeing this kind of, uh, this kind of bullshit come up frequently, just to be completely honest with it. Well, I mean, I remember whenever the day that it was announced that it was Bjorkren was hired and we recorded the podcast, we got done. And I remembered listening to, I believe, some radio interviews that Bjorkren went around and did. And obviously, I can't go back and grab this audio, but I remembered him saying that he had known Chad Buchanan for a number of years and that they had known each other in mm-hmm. Iowa. And that raised my antenna a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Like, we had already recorded the pod. I wasn't going to bring it up and, and be a downer on what the hiring was. But <laughs> if you do look back on it, um, Kevin Pritchard didn't hire Nate McMillan. Larry Bird did, but obviously Kevin Pritchard had a history with Nate McMillan. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Pritchard had a history with Bill Baino when they hired him as an assistant because Bill Baino worked in Portland. And Caleb Canales worked in Portland while Chad Buchanan and and Kevin Pritchard were there. Um, I don't think that that necessarily means, like I think sometimes if you work with people you know, that might improve your working relationship. But when you do announce that you've had this really exhaustive search and then stuff like this comes out, it does make you question the process a little bit. But again, I wasn't there for the actual process to know how Bjorkren presented in those interviews. And that was in part why when I did my coaching profiles, I only made it about the offense because they said we want a modern communicator and we wanted modernized offense. And in my opinion, I don't know these people. I don't know what they're going to be like as coaches. And the hope is that they were going to flesh that out when they were interviewing people for what felt like, you know, months on end. I mean, I don't even remember how many of those I wrote and clearly from what we're seeing now, there's a lot more to coaching than just X's and O's. So when they said they wanted a modern communicator and then you're having some of these communication problems, not only with players, because that's just another thing. seemed like there was a lot of like wanting to point fingers and scapegoat, which players were leaking this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also seeming to come from Pacers staffers and assistant coaches and other stuff who aren't completely happy. So I don't really think it's necessarily the case of just one player trying to 
you know, force feed a narrative at this point. But um, yeah, I just, it's uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I I was just going to say, and and they mentioned in that article that, you know, they kind of stuck to the X's and O's and, in the interviewing process as opposed to the um, people management and all that administrative stuff that goes with being the head guy, um, which is the stuff I love. I love that part of, of this thing. And that, that's why this is um, kind of intriguing to me to see how all this comes together. But um, you got to be able to manage a whole, whole group. And there's plenty of people, if he's getting on, you know, the trainers and the, and the equipment managers and equipment manager, all that stuff. Um, and the, and the plane not taking off and, and all that. That I mean, story was, yeah, it, you, you, you're just going to wear, wear out. And, and those people don't care on some level, you know, they've, they've been here forever. They've been through many coaches and, and, they, and they can call out, you know, they can see the bullshit and they know what guys that can last survive, you, you know, They've been around all these guys and, and know what what works better than probably the coaches do, you know, because they they get to know these guys in a casual, you know, it's a working relationship, but it's like not where the players are under the gun or under the media where, you know, um, I, I always find it intriguing when we used to be able to go in the locker room and once the microphones and the cameras are off, you know, players completely turn into different people. Um, and, you know, that's who they interact with. They have real, <laughs> real, real conversations with them. And, and so th- those people know what, what's real. And, and when when uh, they start getting upset and and they start, you know, some of them want to talk, then uh, it's a mess that, that um, has, you know, it sounds like has, has generated here. And it's... It, Really, I, I mean, there's just no way if they can flip this back around, in my opinion, at this point. Yeah, I mean, what I was going to say about the front office more broadly is like, in that sense, because they made such a point to talk about being a modern communicator, I wasn't going to pan whoever they hired because I thought that, you know, that was clearly an important part of what they were doing and they would know better than me. So I think it is fair to question yeah. why they didn't talk to, I mean, by what, it, by what the article says, I don't know who they actually talked to, but if that <laughs> is the case, why they didn't talk to more people who worked for Bjorkren rather than people that Bjorkren worked for, because that was going to be his job. Yeah managing you know people that were going to be working for him and clearly like between the g league and phoenix and other stuff there was people willing to talk so um i i do agree with mark i think overall kevin pritchard has done enough good things that i want to if i was herb simon i don't think that i would be wanting to move on there i think that between the trades that he's made he's kept the books incredibly clean i think that they have been on up against some very unique circumstances I mean, who knew that Victor was going to suffer that type of an injury that they were going to have? I mean, I do know that a lot of teams are doing it, but that was a very extreme circumstance and how all of that was handled. But um, I think he deserves some criticism, but I don't know that I would want a completely clean house there. I think I would rather um, admit that this coaching hire potentially was a mistake. (laughs) 
and look for differences there and see how things go if I was Herb Simon, but that's just me personally. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I think also on that, um, like I said, I mean, everybody's on the hot seat, but yeah, if you get rid of the GM and the coach, um, it's going to be a struggle to bring somebody in uh, for one thing um, in, in both positions because it seems like complete chaos. Um, and I think Pritchard can level things out. And, you know, in the fact maybe that he is willing to cut bait so quickly um, is a positive thing. It's like, yeah, maybe it's him admitting it. he made a mistake. Right. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just like, you know, if you have to, <laughs> and you might have experience with this, but, you know, you have a draft pick, doesn't work out, don't keep extending him, let him go. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, I think if, if he obviously, I, it seems like would, would probably feel that way and, and um, have another swing at it. And then obviously he would be under the gun on that on that hire as well. But I, I think if you completely clean house, it, it would be a real struggle um, with where this team is right now. Because they, they also do obviously need to tweak whichever way you want to tweak it the personnel um, and having someone come in without the knowledge of everybody as intimate as, as Pritchard and his staff have right now, that also would be a struggle. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a, it's not a good look on, on Pritchard at all, but I, I think, you know, um, when you sit back and look at the big, big picture, um, they got to keep someone around to steer through this, turbulent time and obviously he has some experience with that um and you know they, they got to get to the other side here um before making any more drastic changes yeah yeah definitely um i'm sure we'll uh we'll have a lot more to dive into in terms of i mean hopefully not too much more has to come out but i'm sure things i will, will i would I, I since i wasn't on last night i didn't know what what were your reactions to um Bjorker and kind of taking responsibility in that presser and, you know, saying this is on me and this is my job. And um, what was your reaction to that? So I actually, I didn't even hit on that yesterday. Now that I think about it. Um, I, my real reaction to that, like, I mean, Tom kind of hit on it too. Um, in saying that, I mean, it, it's just never really felt super genuine with Nate. And I'm not just saying that late to, to pile on. Um, like, I don't know. I just, it sounds nice in principle, but like after all that stuff has come out already, what I'm, it's, it's the PR way to say things. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep, again, I don't want to keep piling on him. I do think like that J J Michael tweeted something out today about how, you know, there's like legitimate concern about his, uh, his mental health and well being, which, which I get, but at the same time, like, uh, I, I just, I don't know what else he, he would have said, frankly, like, I, I guess it's good that he, he took ownership for it, uh, and was accountable. Um, but it's felt like he's done that a lot this year. Uh, whenever there's a loss or anything, he takes accountability for it. He doesn't, um, really put anything on players. Uh, but it just, I, I, I don't know. It, it may, Tom, do you have any, do you have any different read on that? But the, I know that's not like a really well, complete I answer, mean, but. Oh, probably sound like an asshole, you know, coming on the his lip, but, you know, 
saying that I'm young, I'm growing, I, I got a lot to learn. That type of stuff um, is, you know, sounds nice and, and like you're taking responsibility, but I mean, we're at the highest level of basketball here. And, you know, that's not what I want my head coach saying. If you're trying to compete at the highest level of basketball, that, you know, you're young and you're trying to figure it out. And um, so, you know, that part kind of like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure that you need to learn how to treat people though, too. Yeah. Like that was kind of my reaction because why this wouldn't be acceptable in anybody's job. Like, and not even just at the professional, I I totally get what you're saying, Tom, but like, I don't think that that berating or what being abrasive, I guess is the word that's being used with your employees would really be okay anywhere. So like to say, like, I need to learn this. How much time are you going to give somebody to learn that? I, I don't yeah, know. and it's not like you're trying to learn the league and and oh how things work in the right. league and all that. You're you're right. This is this is uh, I, human relationships. I came to the Indiana Pacers <laughs> to learn not to be an asshole. Is uh, is basically <laughs> where I yeah that's that's where we're at. Um, I, you know this is just an aside too. I was talking to some friends as well. Um, this does not. Uh, and we don't cover the Raptors, but this does not bode well for. This does not look good on Nick Nurse. Um, the way that some of this stuff is shaking out. Um, but I, well, he's yeah. got enough, what it sounds like interpersonal problems with some of his own players. So. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will definitely agree with that one. Um, unless you guys have anything else that you want to add, I think that's a good place to leave off for tonight. Um, I'm sure we could keep going for a while, but I also know that we're probably going to have to do quite a few more of these, uh, over the next month. Looking forward to all those. I'm just looking forward profiles. to see how they uh, play defense against the Wizards. Oh, dear. <laughs> Second time around. Oh, man. Uh, well, the Wizards have put up like 130 in the last three or four straight <laughs> games, so I'm sure that'll go really, really well. Um, I don't know. I just hope things that look out right. I mean, I, I guess the, the only silver linings that I do want to put out, like I really hope Aaron Holiday can keep playing well and build off of tonight because he needs that. Uh, I don't know what his future is with the team in, in general. Uh, I think that I don't know what anybody's future with the team is in general, given how this last week has gone. But, uh, you know, I would like to see Ed back and healthy. It's nice that Goga's out and getting reps and uh, better reps tonight than last night. I don't think anybody really had good reps last night. But, uh, yeah, hopefully little things we can look for. This definitely motivates me even more to to have my draft profiles going. I started the first <laughs> one, so – um, they'll be coming. Uh, Caitlin, Tom, thank you guys for joining. Uh, as always, this was, this was great. Given the circumstances, uh, always love talking to everyone listening. Of course, follow Tom and Caitlin and everything they're doing. Um, and, uh, just have a good rest of your day. Try to try to not be too, uh, too bummed out about how things are going. And hopefully they'll be getting better. Um, I'm sure more stuff will be coming out and we'll keep you updated on it. Have a good rest of your day.